Life is a journey, right? This is what we learn from the scriptures, that life is a journey we're passing through. We're passing through and we learn this and we begin to see this in the life of Abraham. Abraham's life is really a picture of a person on pilgrimage. And it was Abraham who was called out of his country to go to another place, right? To go to another land. And from the life of Abraham, we see that the life of faith is the life of being guided on a journey. And we see that in the formation of the nation of Israel, right? And as, as Israel is formed as a nation, the nation is guided through, well, out of bondage, through the wilderness, across the river, and into the promised land. And so really, you can look at the nation of Israel as an example of this journey, of this pilgrimage. And then, of course, we're reminded in the New Testament of this, and you get into the epistles of Peter, where Peter's just driving home this idea that we're on pilgrimage, we're on a journey, we're, we're, we're passing through this location that we're on, we're traveling through time and space, if you will, to the destination that God has for us, amen? Mm -hmm. So then the real question, once you really understand that, then the real question becomes, where are you going to? What is this destination? Where are you headed to? And who, it, it, who is it that's taking you there? And so these are the important questions. I wanna talk to you just briefly about a person in the Old Testament named Joshua that you're familiar with. And first I wanna talk to you about his name, the name Joshua. The name Joshua is a profound name. It is perhaps the most profound name that there is. Anybody, any Joshua's here? Yes, tell him that, you can tell him that. It is perhaps the most profound name that there is, amen, other than Yahweh God, right? Okay, let me just preface that. So Yahweh God, Y-H-W-H, -H, the Tetragrammatron, the, the, the four consonants, but then you have Joshua. You have Joshua. You have the name of Joshua. Joshua is a Hebrew name that means Yahweh is salvation. It actually has the name of God within it. It's Yehoshua, right? Or in the Aramaic, Yeshua. We know the name in a different form. In the Greek form, which is Jesus, right? Jesus. So Joshua really is the name Jesus. And it means God saves or Yahweh saves. It's interesting when you, there's a principle in hermeneutics that is, it's the idea of the first, it's the law of first mention. And it's this idea of the first time that you see something mentioned or the first time that you see something happening. And one of the things that you see when you look at the name, if you look at the person Joshua in the Bible is, is very interesting. The first time we see Joshua in the pages of the Bible, we see him fighting a battle, fighting a, a, a huge battle. Joshua was a, a, a warrior in that sense. Um, and, and so here's what happened. After Moses had brought Israel out of Egypt, there they were in the wilderness in Sinai and a nation called the Amalekites came and attacked the people of Israel. 
So Moses found Joshua and sent him to lead an army to fight against this army that was coming against them. So Joshua leads Israel into a battle against the Amalekites. And this is, this is literally the first scene that we see the person Joshua. So from that moment forward, Joshua becomes Moses' right-hand man. And what's interesting is he becomes Moses' right-hand man, and then Moses is not the one that takes the people of God across the river into, into the promised land. By, by just the pure sovereignty of God and the whole plan of God, it's, the, it's this person, Joshua, that is the one that literally takes the people across the river into Israel, into the promised land, that land that becomes the home of Israel. So this is, this is interesting. This, I think, is a kind of a whole picture that we have in the Old Testament of Joshua, of this person Joshua being the person that literally is that person that, that, that fights on the front lines in, 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 in leading this people to victory and then leading them into the destination that God ultimately has for them. And so we see this as a picture of the person of Jesus Christ, amen? And so I wanna take you to Luke chapter eight and take you to this little snapshot scene of Jesus with his disciples and, and you will see this, this truth just come to life. Let's pick it up and read Luke chapter eight. Let's pick it up verse 22. It says this, now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. In another translation, it says, we're dying. Master, Master, we're dying here. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and water, and they obey him. Most of Jesus' life is lived in and around the Sea of Galilee. In that sense, he was kind of a person of the sea, the, the Galilee. It's really, it's really a freshwater lake. And that, that always, you know, because I grew up, the Sea of Galilee, the Sea of Galilee. But it's actually a lake. <laughs> but so anyways, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's this beautiful place, really. If you ever get a chance, and maybe one day we'll do a We'll do an Israel tour. That would be that would be fun, wouldn't it? Anybody want to go? Yeah, yeah. We got enough. We got we got, we'll, we'll, we got some takers. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, and so you go to this place. It is a beautiful, beautiful place, right? And it's it's literally it's the type of place that like you might say like, well, I could I could live here, right? I could I could just stay right here and live. And um, and so this is where Jesus 
lived and grew up and started his ministry. And, and, and most of like what we see in the, in the Gospels takes place in and around the Sea of Galilee. And then, of course, the rest of that stuff taking place in Judea around, around um, Jerusalem. And, uh, and if you read the, the Gospels, Jesus and his disciples spend a lot of time in boats. So, you know, people can relate to Jesus, right? You know, he liked the water. He, liked, he was the first surfer. <laughs> and he was, a, he was a boatman, right? He was a boatman. In fact, he taught from a boat. He did a whole, did a whole teaching where he was in the boat and the crowd was up on the, on the shore. Cool. Jesus is just awesome, you know? Cool guy. And, um, and so on one occasion, um, on this particular occasion, you see him getting into the boat with, with his disciples. And what you need to take note of in this particular passage that we read is, is the thing that Jesus said to them as they were getting into the boat. It, you look at that. It says, it says, let us cross over to the other side. Let us cross over to the other side. And you see, this is what Jesus tells us when we get in the boat figuratively and spiritually with him. It, it, you get into the boat with Jesus and, and he is saying to you, let us go to the other side. You get into my boat, you get into the Jesus boat, he's gonna take you to the other side. So it's a, it's a sure thing because when Jesus, the master of the universe, the creator of the heavens and the earth, and as we learn in this passage, the master of the wind and the waves, if he tells you, hey, get in my boat and we're going to the other side, hey, you're going to the other side. Make no mistake. Now, Jesus uh, and the disciples are going on to the other side and they launch out from that place. And, and, uh, and Jesus goes to sleep. He goes to sleep. And it was, you know, different ideas about this. I don't know what it was. If it was just kind of like, I'm going to go to sleep and, you know, this storm's going to come up and we'll just, we'll just see how the disciples react or whatever. And, 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 and probably for the most part, you know, Jesus was a, a hard worker. And so he, when he got on the, you know, it was like, you know, you get on the train, these people that commute like up in New York and stuff, you know, they get up there and they just, you know, they, they, they zone out and listen to a podcast or something. And um, <clears throat> so he's, uh, he's just kind of just resting. And, and so then this, so he, there he is, and it says a windstorm. A windstorm came down on the lake. Windstorm came down. You have to understand the, the geography of the Sea of Galilee, and you have to understand the topography and the, and the, the meteorology, right? <laughs> the geography, the topography, and the meteorology of that particular area, because this lake, is, it's, it kind of sits in a bowl with these hills and these, these kind of low-lying low mountains all around of it. And so what can happen in that area, even to this day, is winds can come in and come down from the hills, from the mountains onto the lake, and it can stir, stir a storm up pretty quickly. And so this is what happened on this particular day, and, and it, gets, it gets rough. The storm was so rough that the waves were crashing into the boat, and the water, the water was filling up into the boat, and the text there says the boat was in jeopardy. The boat was in jeopardy. Now, this, they weren't with Alex Trebek or anything, but they were in jeopardy, right? 
They were in jeopardy. This thing was, it, it, it looked bad. It looked like this could be it. And these are the times that as his disciples, we've got to remember what Jesus told us when he invited us to get onto the boat with him. Because what he said was, let us go to the other side. Amen? Amen. And whenever you find yourself in a situation, you, it might not be, we're going down. You know, It might be a, a little storm. There's all kinds of storms that pop in, right? It's, it's not, and I was thinking about just in the praise and worship, and I was thinking about like we're 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 all here in Florida, and we're you know we're kind of used to this, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I talked to a lady today, and she she was from California, and I said, look, I, I've been through you know I don't I don't I've lost track of how many hurricanes I've been through. You know, I mean it's 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 a bunch, you know, and uh, and and so you know so we have our hurricanes where there's a storm that kind of blusters out there on the ocean and, and it's just kind of bearing down and it's gonna come and, 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 and do its damage. And then you have you know, a different situation on the other coast. You know, the, the Californians, they have to do with like yeah. the ground shaking, right? You know, like what's that, what's that? Oh, uh, it's an earthquake. And then you look at the middle of the country and it's like a, like a whatever they call it. What do they call Kansas? They, the, the tornado alley, right? So you got, you got the East Coast, which is hurricanes. You got the West Coast, which is the moving ground. And then you got the middle of the country, which is just a hot air, you know, massive blow dryer or something. And, and it, it, you can have different kinds of storms, different types of situations. But whatever the situation is, you, we've got to be reminded who it is that we're following, who it is that, we're, that is leading us through this life. And so we can panic. You can panic and don't sit there and act like you don't panic. You get an email that throws you for a loop. You get a, you get a, you get a phone call. You get a text that you can't quite read the tone. Right? Yeah. There's all kinds of situations that happen. Maybe it's something in business. Maybe it's something with your finances. And you're counting on this and this and this and this. And then it's like, oh no. There's something out of left field that's going to come in and be a monkey wrench in that whole thing. Oh, I thought this was going to work out. I thought this was going to happen. I thought this was going to kind of get us kind of into the clear, so to speak, right? Whatever the situation, whatever the storm, we've got we've to remember who it is that is with us and who it is that invited us into this relationship with him to walk with him across to the other side. So, you know, and, 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 and the other thing too that I think we have to learn from the life of Christ is not only is this, you know, there's this idea that we have with our faith that Jesus is just, the master and he's in control and he's, you know, and we're going to see this right later in this passage where he, where he commands the waves to be still and, and they, and they calm down. But then there's the other side of it where Jesus went through tough times where Jesus went through storms. It wasn't like always the storm was calming in Jesus life. 
It wasn't like always things were just like a bowl of cherries. You know, even from, even from his birth, you had the situation where Joseph was warned in the dream to take Joseph and Mary and Jesus down into Egypt to, to kind of outsmart Herod in that whole situation. And then you had other things. You had other situations. You had even Jesus at, at the graveside of his own friend, Lazarus. And there he was, you know, while he knew in his mind and his heart, you know, what he was going to do, he was still weeping in that situation, right? In John chapter 11, where it says Jesus wept, right? He wept over his, his friend who had passed away. And then he knows what it's like to be betrayed. He knows what it's like to be literally sold out. So you don't even see Jesus. Well, he did warn. He did throw out some warnings and some things. You know, even when Peter's there saying, look, I'll never, I'll never leave you, Jesus. I'll always be right by your side. I'm going to be right there. Mm -hmm. And Jesus says, well, before the rooster crows three, three times, you know, you will deny me three times. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times, right? And sure enough, the next morning when the rooster crowed, and he had denied Jesus three times and it was just literally, he was crushed. And then of course, the betray, the, the, the selling out by Judas. And, and then it really doesn't even stop there. You could stop there and say, oh wow, look at, look at this series of, look at Jesus' life, you know. He had his storms. And in, in, in that way, Jesus shows us how to go through the storms, right? Yes. But then it didn't stop at the betrayal by Judas because he went in, you know, he was fully arrested, taken into custody. He was scourged to within an inch of his life. Put, they put a cross on him, made him walk up a hill, and then nailed him to a cross and killed him. And so you look at the, the totality of Jesus' life, and that's why... The, the prophet said he's a, he's a man of sorrows, right? He's a man of sorrows associated with grief, grief acquainted with grief. So he can, he can relate. He can relate to what's going on. He can relate to your situation, whatever you're going through. I think that's a, that's a point that you have to always remind yourself of because you can think, one of the worst things you can think of in life is that you're totally alone and that, that, you're, that what you're going through is, is some unbelievably unique situation. And it may have nuances of uniqueness, but there are many people that have gone before. There are many people that have, that have been through these situations. So he was a man of sorrows. And he relates to each one of us. 
So here are Jesus' disciples in the boat, and their mindset is that they're going to die. This is the end. That they're the, the, you know, the boat's in jeopardy. They're not going to make it to the other side. So they went to Jesus, who was asleep on the boat, and they said, Master, Master. The new King James says, Master, Master, we're going to perish, right? I, I, you know, I love the new King James, but that, 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 that doesn't quite do it for me in terms of exactly how that probably came across, right? It, 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 master, Master, we are going to perish. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. It was probably, Master, Master, we're dying here. We're going to die. We're not going to make it. And Jesus got up and he went over to the edge of the boat and he spoke to the winds and to the sea. And the wind stopped and the waves stopped. And verse 24 tells us this. And there was a calm. And there was a calm. This is what we always have to know. This is why I don't freak out with these storms. And I was talking to somebody before the service. I'm always amazed how everyone freaks out. You know, I've literally, every one of these that roll through, it's like, you know, I mean, it was earlier in the week. It was, what's today, Saturday? It was like, when did we learn about this storm? Huh? Monday, Tuesday? It was like Tuesday afternoon. Walmart's out of water and this and Publix and, you know, and everybody, no, you can't get water. And then the memes come up on Facebook. Look, you, you, you have three sodas a day and you're worried about getting water at Walmart because of the storms coming in, you know? You know, and then I walk into our little pantry and Mary Jo's got the, we got 48, we got 48 waters. We're all set. There was a calm. There was a calm. It's going to be Okay. It's going to be okay one way or the other. And you know what? I, I, I've always said, and I believe this, you know, when it's your time to go, it's your time to go. Take the precautions that you need to. Absolutely. Don't be dumb, you know. You know, don't be dumb. Sometimes you can be dumb and kind of luck out. <laughs> right? Remember, remember Forrest Gump? That's how, he got, that's how he took over the shrimping boat business, right? Because he didn't have enough sense to come in during the hurricane. He was out there and every, all the other ships got blown up to pieces and then he made it. So sometimes, <laughs> Bubba Gump Shrimp, sometimes you can luck out, but be smart, trust in God. God's going to see you through and there's going to be a calm. And even if it is your time. I remember when I was going to Israel, and I, I, I don't know what it is. And I, I, I first lived in Florida when I was like three months old. We lived down here for a couple years while my dad was finishing up Bible college. Then we moved back um, another time. And then I went to college down here. And one of the things I always called it when like palm trees are associated with heaven. Right? Amen? Yes. Whenever you see palm trees, it's like heaven. And, and uh, so I called it like the heavenly palm tree area. We're going down to the heavenly palm tree area. And I, I, I loved palm trees so much. I think it was my, my parents that bought me the 
the definitive book on palm trees, the, you know, the scientific book that's put out by the University of Florida that has all the palm trees with all the scientific names. And I even learned some of the names, like Wujitia, Barfricata, and all this <laughs> stuff, right? I, don't, I know about this stuff. <laughs> and, I, and I remember when I was going to Israel, and I, and I said, this is what I said. Because there's palm trees in Israel, right? Amen? Yes. Yeah. I mean, when the Son of Man, the Son of God came into the earth, he did not go to Minnesota. <laughs> he went to where there are palms. Okay? Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, nothing against Minnesota, okay? <laughs> nothing against Minnesota. I'm sure it's a wonderful place, the land of a thousand lakes or a million lakes or whatever it is. Where was I going with that? Oh, so, I, so, so this is what I said when I was on, we were boarding, we were getting ready to go to Israel. I said, one, th this is true. I'm either going to the heavenly palm tree area of Israel or I'm going to the heavenly palm tree area. <laughs> right? You ever, you ever been afraid to fly? You ever been like you know, a little nervous? Yeah. You first start flying, you f oh, your first trip over the pond? Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. what's all this about? They'll talk about, oh, going over the pond tomorrow, going over the pond, right? I'm either going to the, this is true, I'm either going to the heavenly palm tree area or I'm going to the heavenly palm tree area. That's a good philosophy in life. What do you mean, Charles? I mean, when you're living for Jesus and when you're trusting him, you're either on your way to wherever you think you're on your way to or you're on your way into the very presence of Jesus into, into heaven itself. So one way or the other, you're getting through the storm. One way or the other, there's going to be the calm in the presence of Jesus. And so, Christian, let me just tell you, you can just literally take a lot of stress out of your life right now. How many are stressed? You can literally get rid of a lot of stress out of your life. People worry and people are on drugs and people are just doing this and getting all kinds of, and I need this and I need that and I'm strung out and whatever. You can literally just relax and trust the Lord. Amen? Because he's going to see you through. He's going to see you through. Amen? And it's going to, you're going to age better. You're going to live longer. You're going to trust Jesus more. It's a better way to go. Amen? So, the key to this whole thing is going back to what Jesus said to them in the beginning. He said, let us cross over to the other side. Let us cross over to the other side. So what is it that Jesus has told you? What is it that he has spoken to you? He has said basically the same thing. Come and follow me and let us go over to the other side. I'm going to be the one that's going to take you over to the other side. Just stay with me. Stay in the boat with me. Right? Jesus is always going to do what he said he is going to do. Amen? Amen? I'll repeat that. Jesus is always going to do what he said he's going to do. And if he said, get in the boat and come with me to the other side, he's going to get you to the other side. Amen? Now, let's wrap this up. 
if you study in the New Testament and you look at specifically, if let's say you go through the Gospels and you specifically look at the miracles of Jesus, okay, and you do a study on the miracles of Jesus, one thing that you realize, and I read this by an author that I trust, and when I read it, it sounded like it was like, well, that could be true, but it kind of doesn't sound like it's true. Is it true? This is what he said, that Jesus in the Gospels doesn't do any arbitrary, random miracles. Every one of the miracles in, in the Gospels are a miracle that he does in the physical that showed a spiritual principle that he was trying to get across to the people that were witnessing that miracle. And so I began to go through and I began to look at the different miracles and and, and, and as I looked at them, I came to the conclusion, it's true, it's correct. It's correct. And so Jesus, when he does something, he's always trying to, although he does something in the physical realm, he's wanting us to look past that to the deeper spiritual principle that he wants us to understand. So just to give you an idea, we just go through a couple of these. He turned water into wine. This was his first miracle. And this is a special miracle of ours because my wife and I actually had a band named after Jesus' first miracle called Water to Wine. If you get a hold of some of this music, it's very, very valuable, very rare, collector's items. You cannot find it. It's not available on iTunes or anything. It's, 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 it's very collectible. <laughs> yeah, it's on cassette. <laughs> it's on cassette. If you even had it on, you had the, you, no one could play it. <laughs> no one could play it. We should, re, we should release a single. Anyways, water to wine. He changed the water to wine to show that God was to be the joy of man. You see, the, the, the vessels of water in the miracle were empty. And Jesus then told the attendants, fill them with water, and then it was changed into wine. And wine is that picture of the spirit and the joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Yes. And, the, and Israel was empty at the time. And then you turn to the feeding of the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. And this was to show that he was the bread of heaven and that he would give life to anyone who would receive it and that he would take care of his own, Right? Then, of course, then in, I believe, John chapter 9, he healed the man born blind to demonstrate that he could give sight to our spiritual blindness. It wasn't just that the man was born blind. It was Israel was in a state of spiritual blindness and could not see. And so here, Jesus calms the storm in Luke 8 to demonstrate to these disciples that he is the one that is going to take them not only to the other side of the lake, but also to the other side of the grave and into eternity. That after this, and after they saw what Jesus did and his mastery over the wind of the waves, that from that moment forward, that something was being established in them, in their faith, that they could trust him, that they knew, it, they knew who it was whom they had believed in, amen? and would become persuaded that he is able to take that which I've committed to him against that day. I'm quoting Paul now, right? 
So to know whom you have believed in, to know whom you have trusted in. And so that's what Jesus is wanting to show them. So let's look at this last part of the passage. He says, but, but verse 25, he, he said to them, where is your faith? Where's your trust? Where's your, where's your confidence in me? Do you, do, you, do you have a confidence in Christ? Do you have a confidence in it? Is, there, is something happening in your life that is diminishing the confidence that you have in, in the person of Christ and what he has said and what he's promised to you in his word? And, and, and that may be, that may be uh, there may be an occasion where that happens in our lives and we have to look at ourselves and, and Jesus in that moment would say to us, where is your faith? Where is your confidence? Where is your trust in me? Right? And the, and the text says, and they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, who can this be? In other words, who is Jesus? <laughs> right? Who is, who is this guy? See, here's the question again. Here's that question. Who can this be? Who, who is Jesus? For he commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. Amen. So these disciples were, of course, Jews and who would be familiar with the Old Testament and be familiar with the book of Psalms in the Old Testament. And I wanna, I'm gonna throw a Psalm up on the screen behind me. It's Psalm 89, verses eight and nine. And it says this, is it up there? Mm -hmm. O Lord, God of hosts. L let me just stop right there. O Lord, L-O-R-D, L, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, okay? What that is actually telling you is that in the original manuscript, that is Y-H-W-H there, okay? So Yahweh of the hosts of heaven, the Lord of the hosts of heaven. He's El Elyon the Most High, yes. right? O, o Lord, God of hosts, who is, who is mighty like you, O Lord? Your faithfulness also surrounds you. You rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. So who can this be? The disciples said, who can this be? Yahweh of the host of heaven was with them, was with them, right? Amen. Amen. In the person of Christ, the second person of the Trinity, the two natures, the, the divinity, the, the man, Christ Jesus, and there he is with them. And he's with you. And he's with you in your life. And he's with you. And that's why I want to encourage you, no matter what is happening in your life, no matter what is going on, no matter where you find yourself. You go through the week, you don't know what's going to happen. Yes. You know, Dan, I come into the Vera Hospital, Dan's, you know. 
a hospital. You don't know what's going to happen. But you know this. You know this, that the Lord of hosts is with you. The one who commands the sea. The one who commands the raging of the sea. It's, it's not Neptune, right? Is that his name? The God of the sea, right? You go, to, you go to Virginia Beach. Anybody been to Virginia Beach? You go to Virginia Beach, and I lived in Newport News, so we used to go over to Virginia Beach all the time. I got to close with this. We go over to Virginia Beach all the time. We had this restaurant we'd go on date night, right on 6th Street and Ocean. Go there and sit. Yeah. We would go there and get the sandwich and whatever. Walk the boardwalk, right? Now you go to Virginia Beach, they've put this huge statue. You can Google it after the service. They've put, they've had this huge statue of Neptune right on the boardwalk with his trident, right? Lord of the seas, right? No. The Lord of hosts, Yahweh of hosts, the Lord of the seas, the one who commands the waves, the one who commands the raging sea and calms it. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. So the answer to the question, who can this be? Who can this be? It's none other than Jesus. It's none other than Yehoshua. It's none other than Yahweh saves. It's none other than, than Yahweh, Emmanuel, God with us. Amen? And, and that's, who, that's who you know, Christian. That's who you know. So, 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 so be convinced of this and have a conviction in your life. I know whom I have believed in and I am persuaded yes. that he is able. Yes, he is. Amen? Yes. And that's the principle. That's the principle that we live by day by day.